Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hey there, Burley. Last episode, we were in Sin City. But not the real Sin City. No, just some dump truck in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if you're a real town. (laughs) Jesus. It was something in a rust belt. Factory town in a rust belt. And there were two succubi demons there getting everybody all riled out. And went, whoa, riled up. Up, up, not out. Wanting to be prostitutes and gamblers and drinkers and needed what a dream. They wanted cunnilingus and semen. Oh my and god! Just, there was so much, yeah. so much happened last episode. But big key points: the cult has been fixed thanks to Bobby and Ruby. <laughs> Other key point: Sammy scared Dean. Yeah, because he just like cold blooded shot two 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 people who were pest pest. Pest? They were pest. Possessed <laughs> by the succubi demons. He just shot them down with the cult. Yeah. And he's he, worried. He looked really cold when he did it and it freaked Dean out. Yeah, like he didn't flinch. Mm-mm. Yeah. Dean did not like it. That's not Especially Sammy. because he bonded with one of the succubi demons. That's true, yeah. That's not our Sammy. The, our Sammy mm-hmm. back in whatever the first second. Our sweet sassy episode, pants Sammy. No, not episode season. <laughs> where... He was so concerned, not we can't kill the demon because we're killing a real person in doing so. Mm-hmm. Not in this one. Nope. No Did, more. Didn't give it a second thought. Nope. Shot him down. No problem. Nope. Nope. And they weren't even anywhere near Dean, really. Well, no, they were, actually, because one of the succubi was, like, going to go kill him. But the other succubi demon was like, no, don't. We're friends now. Right. It's cool. <sighs> so, yeah, that's where, that's where we were last episode. Yes. Well, this episode today, it's not today. Today? Maybe today. I don't know when this is. Whenever. Where are we? <laughs> hey, who, who, it's oh today God. to whoever is listening. I don't hey, think you need to worry about it. I'm going to preface this that I just had like the g- most giant cocktail I think I've ever had. I am so Made sorry. by you. Yeah, have you seen that meme <laughs> where it shows that woman go two shots and it shows her pouring? That's what happened. I just was talking while I was pouring the vodka. And then next thing I knew, I looked down and I was like, uh-oh. Let so. me just put enough crystal light in here, and it, we're su- fixed. <laughs> Surprisingly, though, with how big it was, I was like, oh, she poured so much, I'm going to be, like, tasting it. And no, I really didn't taste crystal Crystal light covers everything. Yeah. So I thought you learned that from St. Patrick's Day, like, yeah, well, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I did. But obviously not, because you drank it fast. <laughs> I didn't drink this one that fast, that fast. Mm. It took me two hours. I lost track of time. Yeah, thank you. God. Just like we did just now. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to preface my recap with I, I the always, fact that I, I had apologize before my recaps all the time. A gigantic cocktail, and now I've moved on to pineapple white claw. So mm-hmm. we shall see how this goes. I like the pineapple. Now, this one, Bedtime Stories is the name of it. And I really liked the concept. Mm-hmm. And I, I flew over my head. I would not, I think it would have taken me a while if you hadn't caught on to it, like, first thing. Well, when they said something about it blowing down, that's when I was like, ah, because they were like, 
something blah 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 and the, uh, look at my wood and yeah. concrete and blow it down and I was like oh yeah you got it right away yeah and even then even when you explained that to me I was like what I don't remember and then I did, finally came back to me so anyway and then when the guy went around the corner I was like <laughs> yeah it was yeah. like ah <laughs> <laughs> that was a cute little yeah it was cute. cute yeah you're getting into the camp you are. You're starting to like it. No, I just like this one because, like, like the bedtime stories, the Brothers Grimm, all of that. Like, I mean, you grow up on those. Like, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. So we are in Maple Springs, New York. There's this construction site, and there are these three guys arguing about the way to build something. And like you said, what was it? One. Well, it was those weird plastic things, which I guess was supposed to be resemblance of hay. And then that one guy was like, "Look at my wood." So, uh, wood. Yeah. It was just sticks. And then the other guy was saying cinder blocks. Mm -hmm. And so you immediately were like, the three little pigs. And I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And we we could tell, like, from the camera action, like, something was lurking around watching them. Yeah. And making kind of some grunting noises. As they're standing there, the two, two of the guys bite it. The one that mentioned the hay and the other one that mentioned, like, the plastic things. They both end up being dragged off by this, whatever this is, that took them, which, you know, it's a werewolf, right? No? What is it? It's that man with the coyote tattoo. I know, but in the story. Oh, in the three little pigs, it's a wolf. It's a wolf, not werewolf. It's a wolf. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't actually a wolf. It was just a man growling like a wolf. Right. Which would normally be fun. (laughs) But not in this story. Well, like, the, the man goes after the last guy... Um, of the supposed three little pigs, and we think he dies, but because yeah, it cuts away to supernatural. Yeah, I was like, I, I even wrote down, oh, they all the last guy bit it, like he got it, but mm-hmm. nope, he didn't. Next up, we're in the car with the boys, and they are arguing about Ruby again. Sam wants to, you know, go with her, go get her, help her to fix the crossword, crossword, <laughs> crossroads deal that Dean made. Dean's not having it once again. He's on his death trip whatever he he's kind of like being dad to sam he's like because i said so because yeah. i said so well sam even said you're not dad right and then he says that and the, it kind of killed the conversation and then they move on to reading about what's going on in this town and sam mentions that the lunar cycle is right right now for it to be like a werewolf or some type of thing like that and they go to the hospital and the third guy that we thought died that didn't die, they go question him. Sam makes a ridiculous drawing as the guy is explaining what the man looked like. Well, Dean says he was, what is it, the sketch sketch artist? Yeah, yeah. Dean says he's a sketch artist, so he was just trying to play along. And then the guy was like, can I see it? Yeah. <laughs> and Sam was like, terrible. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like worse than a stick figure. <laughs> it was so bad. And the guy tried to be nice. He was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yet again did not like Sam's tie and shirt combination. Oh, yeah. you know It was better this time than previous episodes. When they're incognito or not incognito. It's just too many patterns. Is- Why do they need to give him multiple patterns? What am I thinking of? What's the word when they're faking it? Who Undercover. There you go. I should not have had, I don't know that I should have these drinks. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. He, um, the guy that got attacked does mention that the the man that attacked him has a wily e. Coyote tattoo on his arm. 
And then it was just a man. No fangs, no weird right. eyes, because they were asking him all these questions. And he was like, what the fuck? No, it was like just a dude. It was a normal fucking dude. Yeah. And the guy mentions that the the guys that died alongside him were like brothers to him. They worked together for years. And he looks at Sam and is like, how would you feel? And Sam says he couldn't imagine anything worse. And they, <laughs> they, yeah, made me sad. I know. It was so sweet. Oh, and we also keep seeing a toad. Yeah. Which is never really what was that? explained. Yeah. But, I, I mean. It just keeps popping up. Yeah. It's there in the beginning when they're driving by. They see it right outside the hospital. I don't know. I never, yeah, I never followed the connection with yeah. the toad. What was I kept, that? Like, you kept mentioning it, like, every time we saw it. So I was like, oh, this is going to connect somehow. But no. No. Yeah. So just a fat little toad. <laughs> He's just hanging out watching the boys. I don't blame him. Right. Oh, there were a lot of scenes where they're walking in this episode. Yeah. Lots of walking scenes. Just like strutting their shoulders moving. Yeah. Doing doing like this. Just and wearing too many layers. And having too many clothes on. Yeah. They need to wear some walking. tighter shirts. Lots of walking. Tighter pants. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Next up, we are in the woods. There's a couple in the woods, obviously hiking, and they are very lost. And for some reason, there's this lovely little home in the middle of the woods. It was so cute. Yeah. Very cute. And this sweet old lady comes out with her cane and tells them, you know, you're very far away. You know, would you like to come in and rest? And the guy sees that she baked a brand new pie in the window. And he's like, okay, yeah. Wife is like, stranger danger. Let's keep going. And the husband's like, she offered pie. No. Fuck that. You have to question a person that wants to live that deep in the woods on their own. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I get it in a way. We would not have gone inside. But I would, yeah, I wouldn't have. I would have been like, hey, you know what? Cool. It, you. Well, I mean, how hungry are we, though? Because maybe, well, maybe I would have gone inside. She did mention she forgot her power bars for them. Yeah. But still. Look, I'm not going in a stranger's house in the middle of the freaking woods. The sweet old lady turns out to not be such a sweet lady. Oh, my God. She, they have some helpings to pie. The guy just goes to town on the pie. The girl, not so much. And all of a sudden, they're having stomach pains, horrible. He keels over. And then as the girl's trying to get to him, she's like, oh, oh, shit, my stomach hurts, too. And then their vision starts going blurry. And she asks the old lady, did you drug us? And the sweet old, the unsweet old lady (laughs) just smiles. Tells them everything's fine. She casually goes to the kitchen counter and the dishes and picks up the big old knife, the chef's knife. Mm-hmm. And she walks over to the guy and tells him everything's going to be fine and just freaking slices his throat. And then she just very simply just starts stabbing him. Over. Smiling. Yeah. And it wasn't like, because you know, like in a it lot of movies, disturbing. it's like with like strength and force. She's just like, chit, chit, like just very like stab stab no no like brute force into it she's just stabbing him <laughs> just like torturing him it was so disturbing it really was and then to top that off there was a little girl standing outside in the window watching her do this mm-hmm. then we're back at the hospital with the guys they're still kind of investigating the, the three fellas in the beginning and we learned that the lady the, of the couple that were at the house didn't die and so we know the first set were the three little pigs. This was Hansel and Gretel. She got away and she says that she shoved what when she was going to town on her husband boyfriend or whoever. 
she shoved the old lady and she fell and hit her head on the stove and died. Which I'm like, did she try to eat him? <laughs> sure, that was her intention. They never said it. Yeah. But I was curious. Yeah. After they speak with her, they go to the house, the little old lady's house, and they're te- doing their tests, and the EMF reader is going off like crazy. So while they're standing there, Sam kind of figures out that these stories are kind of lining up with, quote-unquote, bedtime stories. But he mentions the Brothers Grimm and that those stories were not what we talk about in our fairy tales now because Dean's like, oh, didn't they all have happy endings? And it's like, no, 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 not in the Brothers Grimm. Those were kind of fucked up stories. <laughs> Especially for children. Yeah. And so they've been like redone over time to make it a little less terrifying. So that means Dean's like, oh, we have to go do research, which apparently Dean doesn't want to do research anymore. He's not into it. He seemed very begrudgingly going to the library to to do research. He's never really been that into it. Well, he found nothing. So I'm sure that added. He said six hours. That is a long time. (laughs) Which, why were they not both in there? I I don't know. Anyway. Uh, as he's leaving the library, he, he tells Sam that he's got nothing. No, nope. well, they're walking. They're walking. Walking again. Yeah. Walking, There's no, they're basically looking for a little girl who might have died since they, no. Yeah. Because the little girl that the woman told them she saw. Right. But yeah. I didn't mention that. Yeah. So the lady oh, in the okay. hospital bed had mentioned, see, she thought she saw the little girl. Yeah. And since they had the EMF at right. the house when they went and checked that out, their theory is vengeful spirit. Yeah, Shocker. always. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, we haven't had as many vengeful spirits since like season one. But season we always two. assume. Yeah. <laughs> it's know? a safe assumption. So that's what they're going off of. Is, right. You know, ch- catastrophic death or missing or something to be and a like, thread. And a young girl with long, dark hair. Yeah. Because that's how she described her. Sam says, okay, well, you didn't get anything, but have you ever heard about Lillian Bailey? And apparently she was a British medium in the 1930s, and she would go into these trances. And while she was in the trances, her any all of her thoughts and actions were controlled by spirits, according to her. It was almost like a spirit hypnosis that took over her. And we see the toad again. Yeah. <laughs> the and library. the boys make a point to let us know they see the toad. Right. No. Nothing no comes idea. of it. Not, yeah. <laughs> don't know. But he's there. And as they're standing there, after they see the toad and have a little moment about it, Sam sees this house across the way that has a pumpkin on it. And Dean's like, close to Halloween time, whatever. And Sam's like, oh, no, pumpkin and the three three mice and Cinderella. I mean, he's really getting a lot from that one pumpkin. Yeah. So they go do their regular old B&E, breaking in or into the house. And they find this woman who is all beat, beaten and bruised, and she's handcuffed to the stove and she's saying, oh, she's a lunatic. Please help me. I'm right here. Help me. And she says that her stepmother went crazy on her and beat the shit out of her and handcuffed her to the stove. While they're there, they see the little girl that was at the Hansel and Gretel house. And Dean goes over to her and he's she's kind of like leading him into another room and he's following her. And then they, they go face to face and she starts to like almost like static, like if you're yeah, watching a TV. Cut in and out. Yeah. yeah. And then she disappears, and there's a red apple on the floor. So then we have, so we we immediately had what Cinderella, and then Snow White right after. Since they couldn't find any murders or deaths from a little girl in in the town, they go back to the hospital and ask if maybe there's somebody that's comatose because Sam, I think it's Sam that mentions 
it could be a spirit that's still alive, but not really. So they think, okay, somebody that's in a coma, not, I was going to say concussed, coma. You like literally just said comatose before. I know. I Listen, I told you I've been drinking. Uh, okay. This lady's like, no, no, we don't have anybody. No children. Oh, that's right. I guess that's what threw her because yeah. there were no kids. Um, and she mentions, I think, one other person. And then she's like, oh, and then obviously Callie. And they're, they're like, who the hell's Callie? And she mentions that it's the doctor who treated the guy from the beginning, Dr. Garrison. It's his daughter. And apparently she's been comatose for years and he just won't give up on her. They go to the room and they find him reading a book to her. And it turns out it is the brother's groom that he is reading to her. Mm-hmm. Because apparent, I keep saying apparently. I gotta, I'm like that little kid. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He tells the guys that this is his daughter. Um, she's been there since she was eight. She drank some bleach. And her stepmother, well, I guess, I think he says mom. Her mother found her and brought her to the hospital, and she's been there ever since. And he goes in there and reads to her and makes sure everything's she's doing well. Well, as well as she can be, I guess. Dean happens to mention, or I'm sorry, Dean asks if the mother was a stepmother. Dr. Garrison says yes and thought that was very odd that he mentioned it. That after they have their conversation with Dr. Garrison, they're talking, once again, in the hospital, walking. Walking. Lots of walking. And Dean actually re- gets it this time, and he says it's it's like Misha Barton. And he says, in sixth sense, not the OC. And that she had a mother who had Munchausen by proxy who was poisoning her. Mm-hmm. And that they think that's what happened to Callie. Dr. Garrison was reading... Callie um, Little Red Riding Hood right before the boys walked in. So it switches to we see there's this sweet lady that's walking to her van with two bags of groceries and this man comes out of nowhere and just scoops up her grocery bag and at first I'm like what a gentleman wow (laughs) just out of nowhere okay and he throws the bag in there and then throws her in there and starts beating her yeah like punching her like in a bar fight like, it was bad. I was just like, it was oh violent. God, yeah. this poor woman. And then he hops in the front seat and takes off. But we see that little Callie, eight-year-old Callie, is standing there watching it take place. Mm-hmm. She's really getting a lot of pleasure out of this. Yeah. Like, all these people hurting people. Just watching stuff. Yeah. No lines. Just watching. Right. Well, as the guys are sitting there discussing the Munchausen by proxy at the hospital... This little old lady who got the shit beat out of her in the van is rolled in and we see that she died. She was killed by the man with the Wiley Coyote tattoo who beat the shit out of her. And then after that, we see the van at a school and there's a little girl with a red hoodie on. She sees the van and it keeps rolling, even though she knows that's her grandmother's van. And so she follows it over into this parking lot, opens the door, cops in. She's like, hey, grandma. And it ain't your grandma, you know, it ain't her. And it's the wolf guy. Not He's not a wolf, but I keep calling him wolf. That's his role. Right. Then we are back at the hospital with Sam, and he goes to confront Dr. Garrison. And it doesn't go so well. I mean, obviously, Dr. Garrison's like, what the hell are you saying? You're saying my step or my wife poisoned my child, all this stuff. And. Sam actually, like, kind of took charge and, like, he put his hand over the phone when he was trying to Mm -hmm. call for security. He's like, look, I can't, I don't have time to do this, like, lightly. Like, 
kindly to you and basically just lays it out for him that his wife poisoned Callie. That's what happened with her. That's why she's there. She's in this condition. And she's out there killing people in the fashion of these stories that you're reading to her because you won't listen to her. She's, why are you keeping her here, you know? Like you said, it's been years. Yeah. There's a noticeable age gap between the little girl ghost and the body in the bed. Yeah. Also, Sam's eyes were like a mood ring throughout this entire scene. Yeah. I was too busy writing notes, but you you did mention that. Yeah. They were like brown in one scene, blue, green. It's fascinating. Beautiful. (laughs) L.A. was trying to listen to the show and take notes, and I'd be like, they're blue again. (laughs) Now they're green. She's like, what are you talking about? Shut up. I'm trying to listen to what they're saying. Okay, so Sam's telling Dr. Garrison all this, and he basically tells him that she's a spirit at this point. Like, she's a spirit that's ready to move on. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Garrison says, so you've seen her too. Which is like, oh, what? We were like, holy shit, when that happened. So it doesn't explain that just yet, because we see that Dean is back at the house, which I don't know how, how they figured out. Oh, nope. They figured out it was Little Red Riding Hood because they heard Dr. Garrison reading the story to Callie. So when they saw the little woman come in and it looked like she had been mauled by an animal, they just kind of put two and two together that it's Little Red Riding Hood. So Dean asked the cop who her next of kin was and they were like, oh, she has a granddaughter. And Dean said, I need her address. And they just gave it to him. Yeah. Because that's what happened back then. Yeah. He no sh- he no fly- HIPAA laws. No, no <laughs> privacy. He flashed his fake badge and the guy, the EMT literally just gives him a piece of paper with the address on it. So Dean ran off to go save the granddaughter while Sam had the conversation with Dr. Garrison. Right. I also noticed that on the outside of the hospital rooms, it had C. Cali or G. Cali. So like all their names were on the outside of their hospital rooms, which is a no-no now. You know? Yeah. It was, I was C. Like, Garrison. This is definitely. Oh, yeah. C. Garrison. That's what it was. Yeah. But yeah, so this is definitely not today. No, well, they made I mean, they I made it. But... They made a joke that you and I both went, "Ooh, ooh!" Didn't yeah, age well as yeah, well. No, we find Dean back at the house, the grandma's house, and he sees a sweet little Red Riding Hood in her hoodie, and she's she's got like a cut or something on her forehead, and he has a, a rough and tumble fight with mm-hmm. this guy, wolf guy. He's not a wolf. <laughs> 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 and I, it's a pretty, it's a pretty brutal fight and it kind of cut, starts cutting back from what Dean's from Dean's fight to Dr. Garrison and Sam in the in the hospital room Dr. Garrison says that he thought he was dreaming when he was seeing that young version of Callie and Sam just tells him you know you need to listen to her this is what she's doing she's frustrated and she's re- like I guess kind of acting out like a child would since mm-hmm. she's her, the mind of a child still you know she's not happy clearly Dr. G. I kept putting him Dr. G in my notes. So he's Dr. G to me. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Just, I really wanted everybody to know that. You know, (laughs) it's important. It's really important to me. (laughs) So Dr. G realizes, you know, he says little Callie, little girl Callie shows up in the, in the hospital room. Once again, this girl had no lines, but she did good. She was a little like, Sweet and beautiful looking, but also a little menacing. Mm-hmm. She did She did well. He realizes that he needs to let her go. And so he tells little Callie that, turns around, kisses Callie, who's comatose in the hospital on her forehead. And she flatlines. Yeah. Which I, like we said, I thought we thought he, he was going to like unplug her. Yeah. 
But I guess she just was like, thanks, Dad. God, I've been waiting for it. Yeah. Like, all you had to do was kiss me goodbye. <laughs> Damn. Or maybe we missed the unplugging whenever it was cutting back and forth. No, I, I, I like to think that oh, okay, died. Okay, got it. That sounds terrible. I like to think she just died. Yeah. He kissed her and she was just like, Yeah, she God. was ready to go. Yeah. Anywho. I mean, she's been laying in that bed for how many years? Right. And, I mean, whoever was taking care of her, she looked great. Yeah, she looked fabulous. Looked like she had some lip gloss on. Yeah. Her hair was straight and beautiful. But, nope. I mean, that sores, nothing. Uh, nothing. And yeah. at the youngest, though, she was 16. At the youngest. Yeah. And they said what happened to her happened when she was eight. Right. So she's been laying in that bed for, like, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. Eight years if she's 16. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. I'm doing a range. True. They, okay. they never yeah, yeah, said yeah. how old she was You're now right. or what year it happened. So right. we don't really know. I'm just going based off of what the actress looked like. Yeah. We see Dean still fighting with the wolf guy that as soon as Callie is gone, the Dean's like about to stab the man. Yeah. And the Big guy. Big ass pair of scissors. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the guy's like all of a sudden like just flips. And he's like, oh, my God, where am I? What, what are you doing? Like it's terrified. Of Dean with this this guy over him with these scissors about to stab him. So I guess Callie's curse or whatever it was was broken over him. And they go back to the hospital and talk with Dr. Garrison. And he sa- he says he's grateful for them. And they're like, you know, maybe we'll see you see you soon. And Dr. Garrison's like, I hope not. No, no, thank you. Dean looks at Sam and says, you know, that was some pretty good advice that he had or that you had to give to Dr. Garrison about Callie. And Sam's like, okay, is that what you want me to do? Just let you go? Dean kind of stands there looking at him in that loving way. Being all sexy. Yeah, they're both just mm. staring in each other's loving eyes. Mm -hmm. And Dean makes a little pouty face a little bit. It's perfect lips. And then just walks off. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was it, but it's not. Then we're back at the hotel Dean is asleep. Sam is grabbing a sleep. Fully clothed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yet again. First of all, I was about to say <laughs> Sam's grabbing his sleeping bag. What? <laughs> <laughs> he's not grabbing his sleeping bag. He's grabbing a backpack. And he sneaks out while Dean is asleep. Fully and, clothed. Yeah. Yeah. Full, like, full no on reason. Like, who in a motel? Well, actually, in a motel. I can well, yeah, it. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that that actually might explain it. That actually tracks. <laughs> but, uh, Sam goes to the crossroads, digs up a box, waits for the lady to show up. She shows up with her red eyes and her fabulous little dress, and she's all sexy. It's a different lady, though, a different actress mm-hmm. this time. Well, it's been a different one all three times. Almost the exact same dress, though, I think. Like, very similar. Yeah. If yeah. not exactly the same. So that continuity, I'm like, so does the demon keep a little black dress around or when they get summoned, do they go and find a woman specifically in a little black dress? They all just have the same fashion to possess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe there's like a bar or a restaurant nearby and that's the uniform. And they just Uh, always go, go. they just hit up that same joint every time and try to find the cutest woman. And they're like, you'll do. We got to go. Come on. Maybe that's a good thought. (laughs) Well, He's there to kill her. He pulls out the colt and he says that he wants her to lift the curse or not the curse. Contract. Let, let, uh, get rid of the contract with Dean. Dean lives. He lives. She lives. 
Like, let's just do it. Otherwise, he's going to shoot her. And, of course, she kind of manipulates him into saying that, isn't he tired of cleaning up Dean's messes? Wouldn't he be kind of happy if he was gone instead of being, you know, bossed around by this boy man? I don't know. She kept calling him sloppy. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. You're sloppy, bitch. She's just completely trying to manipulate him and get him to be like, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, I want my brother to die. But no, he doesn't. She then tells him that it's not her. Like, even if he kills her, it's not going to lift the contract that she's got a boss just like everybody else. And that boss is not letting go of that contract with Dean. Like, they want it. Mm -hmm. They want it kept intact. Sam, even though she's told him all of this information, it he just doesn't seem to give a, a fuck. So he shoots her right in the frickin' forehead, right between the eyes. I mean, I would have done it, too. Like, yeah. you're going to believe the demon? I would have shot her, too, just in case. Yeah, I guess. You know, maybe she's she lying. T- took a, she had a real dramatic jerky yeah. death. Yeah, she had a jerky death like yeah. Father Gill did in the yeah. last episode. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it ended with Stone Face Sam killing somebody again. Mm-hmm. So he sure went from being worried about becoming a stone cold killer in season two to becoming one to not giving a fuck yeah. this season. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Yeah. So that's that. That is bedtime stories. Did you adore anything about this episode? Well, I did. I like I said in the beginning, I I liked the concept of it. Yeah. How they did, like, kind of how it played out and everything. I did like that. I liked the random toad. Oh, yeah. He was cute. He, he was, was adorable. adorable. What and was he there for? We don't know. Yeah. Who knows? That was not explained. No idea. I, I did like when Sam was in the room with Dr. Garrison and kind of was like, I can't sugarcoat this for you. You know, <laughs> like he took char- charge. He took charge. <laughs> charge. And I liked it. I liked his mood ring eyes. I figured. Yeah. That was fun for me. And I liked Sam, the sketch artist. <laughs> that scene was so oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cute. It I was. didn't like his suit and tie, but I liked the scene. I liked how Jared Padalecki played the scene. It was really cute. I yeah. enjoyed that. As far as gore goes, we Ooh. had three blood splooges this episode. We haven't seen a blood splooge in a while. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've seen a blood splooge since Hollywood Babylon when that executive got thrown in that fan and it was chunky. Oh, yeah. All over the that. sheet. Yeah. But we had three. Two of them happened before the supernatural. Oh, I know. Yeah. With the three little pigs, guys. And then the third one was in Hansel and Gretel. Whenever grandma slit the throat, it blood splooged all over the wife's face. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's terrible. Because <laughs> our blood splooges are our thing. It just splooged. <laughs> it splooged on her face. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So for lore, uh, I Googled spiritual hypnosis because that was a word that Dean used yes when they were talking about Lillian Bailey and that didn't give me anything oh spiritual hypnotherapy is like rediscovering the core of who you are with all the resources that you brought into this world to share with others and fulfill your unique potential in life so not not where we want to go okay and I googled Lillian Bailey because she sounded pretty interesting which she had clients that included like the Canadian Prime Minister May West, oh, the Queen Mother. What? So she had a lot of clients, but I couldn't find a whole lot of information on her other than kind of very general stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So I decided not to go that route either. The route I decided to go is focusing on the fairy tales. So it was bedtime stories, and we had these fairy tales, and the creepy real stories behind them. Oh, okay. Ooh. This is according to learning-mind.com. Hansel and Gretel. This is one of those fairy tales that is famous because the story resonates with children today. It tells of a poor woodcutter and his second wife. She is the stepmother to his children, Hansel and Gretel. As food becomes scarce, I don't know why it says that this relates to children today. It doesn't, it doesn't elaborate on that. I'm just reading the article, okay? As food becomes scarce, the stepmother decides there is not enough food for the children. So she persuades the woodcutter to take the children deep into the forest where they won't be able to find their way home. They come across a witch's house made of gingerbread. Eventually, they get the better of the witch and return home with the spoils of her house. The story is set during the Great Famine of 1315. Many people starved to death during this time. Acts of extreme cruelty, such as infanticide and cannibalism, took place as people became more desperate. The situation for some families became so wretched that they left their children to fend for themselves. The gingerbread house part of the story comes from a highly profitable baker called Katerina Schraderin. She became legendary in the 1600s thanks to her gingerbread cookies, which everyone wanted. One male baker was so determined to get her recipe, he accused her of being a witch. As a result, she was hounded and driven out of town. But then in an awful twist, her neighbors brought her back and burned her to death in one of her own baking ovens. Wow. Wow, wow. You like that? No. <laughs> oh, oh, he couldn't compete with her and her, her talents, so, oh, she's a witch. Let's kill her. I mean, it tracks. Of course it does. Next, I've got Cinderella, which Great. is every young girl's dream, right? <laughs> well, perhaps you've already heard. Oh, what? What? Hmm? All right. Sometimes when I'm proofreading what I copy and paste from these articles, I miss a sentence or two. Oh, yeah, same. I missed this sentence. It says, uh, Cinderella, every young girl's dream, right? Well, perhaps not mine, as you've already heard. I was getting a taste for psychopaths and sociopaths. What were you reading? It's this article. I have no idea why that sentence is there. It literally makes no sense. How did they know you so well? (laughs) 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 So... Everyone knows in this famous fairy tale that Cinders has a tough life. She has to do all the chores, look after her evil stepsisters, and might miss out on the ball. But it all comes good in the end. Oh. Oh, I hope it does. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's terrible. She gets the gorgeous frock. She arrives in a splendid carriage and meets Prince Charming. Furthermore, Furthermore, the story has a happy ending. Well, of course it does, because it all comes good in the end. Yeah. However, the real-life tale is not so pretty, and there's no happily ever after for Cinders. The story is based around a slave girl in ancient Greece around 500 BC. Rhodopis was a beautiful young Greek woman. At a young age, she was taken from her home in Greece and forced into slavery. Rhodopis was exquisitely beautiful, and men lusted after her. 
As such, she became a prized possession, and men showered her with expensive gifts. One of these gifts was a pair of golden shoes. Pharaoh Amos II saw the shoes and Rhodopis and runned it all for himself. Although strictly she was not of royal blood, he married her. Her life was to be a ready and willing sex slave for the pharaoh. Ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's Prince Charming. No. No, thanks. There's no chip in this story. That's Beauty and the Beast. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last one I pulled is Seven White or Seven White. Mm-hmm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which is not about a woman living her best orgy life. Oh, wow. As one would hope. Yeah. The famous fairy tale obviously has a happy ending. Snow White is hunted by an evil queen who wants to kill her. Seven dwarves rescue and befriend her. However, the reality is much different and far more gruesome. The story starts in the 16th century in Bavaria. It centers on a young noblewoman called Margaret von Waldeck. Margaret's brother employs small children to labor in his copper mine. But because of the crippling conditions... The children become dreadfully deformed. The locals begin calling them dwarves to mock them. Real classic. Like the first sweatshop. Yeah. Probably not the first, though. Yeah, true. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, Margaret was exceptionally beautiful. As such, her stepmother resented her and wanted her out of the picture. She packed her off to Brussels to get rid of her. Here, Margaret began a lustful affair with Prince Philip II of Spain. However, his father, the king of Spain, vehemently disagreed with the romance. He organized a plot to kill Margaret. She was poisoned shortly afterwards. Damn. Man. And that's that. Yeah. But it all comes good in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's that succubus oh, when you need it? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, to close this one out, it's a quote from Dean, and he says... I'm going to go stop the big bad wolf, which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. (laughs) Cheers. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch.